millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone. Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in wizard duels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I'd beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Watcha. It's the Luke and Pete Show with me, Pete Donaldson, and I'm also joined by Mr. Luke Moore. How you doing, Luke Moore? What's better than recording a podcast? Um, recording a podcast and it, uh, the microphone's actually working? Recording it twice. Recording it twice. Listen, we've got no excuse not to do a belting episode this time around because we've already done this one. Well, we've already done this one, but also I... Um, uh, was very ill in the night because I'd gone to the wrong Chinese. It's oh, the God. wrong Chinese uh, place, Gromit. So I'm so not regular feeling, feeling top tip. Regular listeners to this, you mean tip top? A no. top tip is like a bit of advice a you give tip. someone. Mm. Um, regular listeners to the Luke and Pete show will know that Peter's tradition is to tradition! get. Tradition! Is that for on the roof? Maybe. Right. Um, is the tradition of um, running around on the roof? Is that a tradition? You really you shouldn't should, be on the roof. You That's really not a tradition unless you are a and you should not be fiddling of chimney. and you should not, not be, fiddling be fiddling up there. You uh, only now. My dad works in a solicitors, and one of the cases he had to deal with um, was he's an admin assistant uh, in his later life after his chemical works and mining little <laughs> adventures. Yeah. Uh, my dad's very much like a video game character that's turned his hand to anything uh, over the years. Um, like Minor Willie, you got tea down your front there. I know, it's always the way. Yeah, always the way. Um, he had to deal with or serve papers to a man who was masturbating in his um, front window. Right. And uh, the solicitor, his defence, had to uh, work out the angle of being able to see his wanger. Right, yeah. From okay. from the ground. Evidence so is important. Evidence is important. So they were working out how much of the person they could see. So they were getting his assistant to walk up to the window, uh, the the same height of the uh, of the defendant, uh, and check whether he could see his um, junk 
and right. you couldn't. So that he got off scot free. I, um, I bet he did get off. So I'm saying that the fiddler on the roof, right, from the vantage point of the ground or even a fairly high window, you probably wouldn't be able to see him wanking. Depends on the angle of the roof Depends, as well, though. Says, yeah, but when you said tradition, then you sound yeah. you really reminded me of Mark E. Smith, lead right. singer of the Fall. Obviously, the dearly, sadly departed Mark mm. E. Smith, and because uh, you sounded a bit like him. And um, one of the best ever intros to any song ever. Mm. I forget which one it is now. It's a full sign, and it starts with Mark E. Smith going into the mic and going, "Right, notebooks out, plagiarists." It's <laughs> 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 so a brilliant, brilliant intro. I need to get. He's one of those blocks. Just need to get into Depeche Mode, The Fall. I need to get into all of these bands. Mark E. Smith. Um, well, I think it's an autobiography mm. um, called Renegade. It's a brilliant read. Mm. I mean, it's, some of the advice in it's amazing. Like, you never have more than two chairs in your house mm. because you don't want the place turning into a damn hippie commune. <laughs> he got um, he got rid of... Uh, he used to have, like, a little Marie Kondo-style clear-out of everything every couple of years, uh, which made compiling um, best-ofs quite difficult because he didn't have yeah. masters. Just threw them all out. Did he? Get out of it. Wow, amazing. There's uh, a, there's a, there was that story recently in the US of a big fire that wiped out a load of masters that never be recovered again. Oh, really? Yeah, I forget which artists were involved. Mr. Some, Blobby. Some pretty good ones. But anyway. Mr. Blobby. Yeah, it was Mr. Blobby. turns out the only ones that have been ruined were the Mr. Blobby single, <laughs> uh, Informer by Snow. Yes. Uh, Jump by Chris Cross. They'll never get remixed. And the original print of Cool as Ice, the Vanilla Ice movie. Nobody will ever, ever, ever be able to sample those tunes and those samples. It turns out. Terrible well, business. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say that Informer by Snow and Jump by Chris Cross are both tunes. Uh, they tunes. are. Did you see that Katy Perry got in trouble for copying yes. a Christian... Notebook out plagiarists yeah copying a Christian rapper which is very much stealing from the blind really it's isn't it it's uncool. like yeah I mean um, but uh, it, I think that's uh, terrible um, blurred lines uh, who's that fellow Robin Thicke yeah uh, and his terrible performance his excruciating performance in court has uh, set an ugly precedent so everyone's going to have a go now I think he's um, set an ugly precedent in a lot of ways well, yeah exactly uh, he's, it's the rapist charter um, but he um he, him doing that and, 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 and making a jury be so turned off by a man um, so that he lost all of that money uh, means that everyone's going to have a pop at whoever. And, who who and, would and, be like, more turned proper... off? An audience looking at Robin Thicke in that situation mm. or an audience looking at you after that Chinese last <laughs> I just I just think that with stuff like that, you need an expert jury. You can't have... I know you've got expert um, witnesses and expert yeah. uh, who could talk about... Um, you know, samples and uh, chord progressions and stuff like that. But I think you need a, I think you need an expert um, jury in cases like that because there's there's knowing music and then there's just there's knowing. So you'd like it musicology. to be more of an industry tribunal kind hugely, of thing. Hugely, hugely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so as I was saying, people who uh, listen to the show regularly will know um, that Peter's tradition to himself mm. is tradition. a is spending between fifty and sixty pounds. On a Chinese, a succulent Chinese meal. It does me two. Um, yeah, I know. Two goes. Get for the week, for, mm. for, for the week or whatever. Um, but that's sadly things have sadly gone awry last yeah. night. So last night, overnight to this morning. Well, I knew that it was the launch of the football rumble daily. So I thought, how can I sabotage this? Yeah. Uh, by eating some rotten meat. It was very nice, but um, yeah, something went very wrong. Uh, and I woke up with a terrible tum-tum at six o'clock in the morning going, oh dear. Have you been back to sleep since? I've been back to sleep since, yeah. Sort well, of. congratulations. Yeah, I know. Um, I've got some actually quite troubling news. Oh. Um, oh. Do you remember Nadia from Big... Uh, from, I almost said from Big Brother then. That, that was a contestant on Big Brother. Yeah, the transsexual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean Nadia yeah. from Bake Off. Not uh, to be confused. Yes. Um, she uh, does a recipe section. Oh, she, well, she does... A, I think she does a TV show called Nadia's Time to Eat. Mm. I think... 
Anyway, she she or does. Now, Jim Brugger, the first transsexual on television, kind of as in like a mid. I like believe a, a, that may be a the case. market kind of. Um, I believe so. Kind of sure. I'm not a big brother fan, so it would be mm. difficult for me to know. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, hmm. Nadia on Bake Off also does a, a list of recipes on on the BBC website, which is a fantastic resource. Not yes. least their news round section, um, <laughs> which obviously sent our show haywire on Thursday. As soon as I mentioned the words Posbury Clump. Uh, you actually, as the mics fucked up, uh, to excuse my balance, uh, you said, technically speaking, and then our um, speaky technicals technicals (laughs) just exploded. Well, it's Posbury Clump. It's a volcanic eruption from Posbury Clump that previously thought dormant volcano on the news round round section of the BBC website. Anyway, Nadia Hussain does um, recipes on the BBC website as well. In the food section, of course, and yeah. she's got a recipe on here at the moment for meatloaf roll, and I, I, I it was just served up to me in the um, in the BBC carousel, and obviously mm. they, they they know me well; they just serve <laughs> up food pictures to me, and I click on them. And this was a meatloaf, um, but it had a, an egg in it in, in the cross in the cro- oh, cross section like photo. A, like a long, I thought it could egg. be a long egg, a long egg. It could, yeah. be, could be a long egg. Chief, right? uh, Chief Keith, Keith, Keith Cooks, Keith Cooks. Yeah. Um, maybe Nadia is a disciple of Keith Cooks. <laughs> so I checked out the method in the in the recipe. It's quite Jesus-like, as uh, Keith Cooks. Yeah, and I was I was greeted with this. Mm. Ready? Line up the hard-boiled eggs in a oh. row down the centre of the rectangle, Nadia, short end Nadia, to short Nadia, end. Nadia, you've already you're already cooking some really terrible British foods. Rather like a to. long Scotch egg. Uh, it's you, not a long egg. It's not long. You don't have to indulge. Just cook anything. Don't, you don't have to cook that. That's Lo- awful. The long eggs come across. Mm. She's arrived late into the box. <laughs> and she's spooned the long egg over the bar. Terrible. Now, what do you? I've, such a missed opportunity. Let us down there. Isn't no, it? because you'd have to mess around with the uh, with the waste pipe as Keith Cooks used to make. He used to make the long eggs with a waste pipe. Don't say waste pipe, Keith. <laughs> no. That's not the word to use. Don't say waste pipe when you're talking about food. I um I beat myself up about uh, stuff a lot, and I think I know. My, you, I, I, my, I it's one of my favourite entertainers. Keith Cooks. Keith Cooks being um, aware of our work and uh, um, us talking about him. Um, makes me a little sad inside because he said it was um, a little bit ill, a little bit ill-mannered, he said or something, didn't he? So it's, yeah. it's a bit... The memories live on. Yeah, and I feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel very guilty about that. It was affectionate though, wasn't it? It was affectionate. I would, who else is talking about Keith Cooks? I think Are you pe- talking about Keith Cooks? Some, no. so, sometimes I think people mistake my manner for being scathing or or you know, disappointed <laughs> or, or, kind of, or kind of like piss taken, but I'm not always like that. Sometimes I'm just genuinely interested. <laughs> Um, well, I'm actually glad that we uh, re-recorded this uh, show. I mean, we're not reusing the thing, so we're what? just doing another show, basically. Because of all the racism you put in the last one? Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I mean, I had to get rid of that. I had, the the, <laughs> the microphone just went, you know what, Pete? I'm saving you from yourself here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we missed out on... Oh, sorry, go on, you go first, you go first. Um, I went to a really, really fun party, uh, like a garden party, on Saturday in Nebworth, and... Uh, the dad of the person I went to the party with, I was, it was actually Joe. You remember we did the Windsor Knot? Yeah. Joe, Josh Krebbles, who yeah. uh, is one of those one of those Windsor Knotters. Yeah. Well, actually, they were both there, but his, it was his birthday, his 30th. And um, uh, his dad is a Michael Keaton lookalike. Like, not lookalike as in... Like a f- professional one. Like a professional on-set double. Is he? Yeah. That's he amazing. Plays, he plays Michael Keaton. Does in, he actually he played, look like him? He played, yeah, he does. It, like a lot from the back as well. Like yeah. you could not tell the difference in the back. Um, so I was like, just follow him around going, wow, this is so cool. That's brilliant. What so a great I've job. obsessed. Does it pay well? Uh, yeah, I think so. And and like, you know, you get to hang out with apparently like uh, Danny DeVito and um, that were on set uh, going, 
Hey, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? How cool is that? He was really nice. Um, um, so I met a Michael Keaton double. So if you see in the long shots of Dumbo, which I think might be out now or out soon. That's been out for a while. It's been out yeah. for a while. I okay. didn't know he was in that. He's, uh, I thought it was a Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito vehicle. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's there. I think he's some kind of ringmaster. I think he's the uh, malevolent ringmaster. Right, okay. Um, I think he would play that role fairly well. Yes. Um, one thing that was missed out on the, uh, on the, fi- on the now infamous... Uh, lost show yeah. is that we talked a lot about um, rolling of R's. All right, yeah. And I can't do it, and you can. Mm. And uh, you were saying how it adds a lot of impact to a statement or a speech mm. or a song. Read petite. It's a good example. It's a, the best example, I would it's say. The best example. The probably best example you can think of. Mm. And I was saying the guy from that new band, Fontaine's DC, does it right, quite yeah. a bit. Um, and obviously Julian Assange does it when he's arrested from the eating a Chinese <laughs> meal. He says, this is democracy manifest, right? But this he... is democracy manifest. Oh, that's quite good. The I demo- enjoyed but in, that. But in... Democ- democracy <laughs> manifest. That's it, exactly, exactly. He's got a bit of the Oliver Reed about him, that guy. He has a little bit. Apparently, it's, a bit, it's really confusing. Like, um, somebody pointed out that it's a three-camera setup, so I think it might be staged, you know. It's, it, it, why do they have to steal everything good away from us? No, it's not. It can't be. It, the, I'll tell you it's not staged. I'll why? tell you why. Why has he got three cameras then? Be- well, because the story, if you look at the backstory, mm. he is a guy who had been running from restaurants without paying the bill for, for years. Yeah. And he was a, quite a big, it was a, kind, of, kind of quite a big um, crime story. Mm. And they realised they finally found this where all the news networks went. Why would one network bring three cameras? Uh, bring three cameras, Luke. Um, no, they probably they probably submitted footage to a central database, and then someone came in and edited it. Edited, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're usually really. Um, they're but it could usually... be a YouTuber who's cutting it together. Really, that seems strange. So I used to go, I used to work with a guy <laughs> who insisted, like, and it was so it was the most cynical thing. In I the had world. to be a, uh, a democracy manifest truther, but I, I fear we might have been done on this one. And what do you think about this one then? Because you know okay. a lot about the internet. A guy, I work, a guy I used to work with, uh, used to always say. Mm. And this is probably a couple, maybe two years ago, that nothing on the internet, nothing mm. is 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 organically viral. Um, nothing. What do you mean? So it's all paid for, paid behind it, money behind it, content provided, all that kind of stuff. No, you disagree with that? I disagree with that. Yes. All right. Good. Dan Thomas, I hope you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. That Dan. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's Reddit for? Then, I've, got, mate? I've got a broken ear. Part internet. I'm going to downvote you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he meant anything commercial, perhaps. Yeah. That's yeah, oh yeah, accurate, anything about, yeah, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, you, you, that's part of the budget of getting the Believe video out, isn't it? You got unless you football around with daily and you smash into two hundred fifty thousand views with no money behind it at all. Why are people looking at that? Because you're in it. Oh, and you had that Chinese guy stalking you in the background. <laughs> he was Chinese. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that a lot of um, street photographers um, just basically hang around uh, Chinatown. And like, if you're living in a city that has a Chinatown... Living just enough, just enough for, for the, the Christian shredded beef. Uh, in Chinatown, if, you, if you've got a Chinatown in your city, you're probably thinking, hey, um, it's a big old uh, bit of town, or Koreatown or whatever, uh, in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, we've just got a little street, haven't we? It's a tiny little street in Soho. You live in it, don't you? I live behind it. Yeah. Um, Shaftesbury Avenue between me and it. Uh, and yeah... It just seems street photography. Street photography, modern street photography, is just find a Chinese person, take a picture of them. Mm. If you go to any, if you go to any street photography kind of receptacle, any Instagram street photographer, all they're doing is going up to Chinese people in Chinatown and taking a picture of them. 
It just seems to be the thing to do. My favourite Instagram photography account is the one, I forget what it's called now. It might just be the Visit Scotland account, which is essentially just amazing photos of, of Scottish castles. Re- <laughs> so it's amazing. Really long exposure, um, waterfalls, yeah. so that the water looks really foamy. Yeah, all I do, uh, sometimes they'll recycle the same castle once every two or three days. I don't mind that. <laughs> There he is again. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> Liberty um, Bell. Before we go on to um, <laughs> taking, a, taking a quick break and then going to emails, mm. another story that I really wanted to include, Peter, that you will be interested in mm-hmm. is, what about this? Someone went and found the baby from Labyrinth. Okay, right. So you know the baby that is kidnapped in Labyrinth, the David Bowie film. <laughs> um, and um, he's now 35. Right, okay. Okay. He's a puppeteer. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, what I've a got story. a lot of time for that. He was apparently absolutely fascinated by the fa- fantastic characters that surrounded his childhood. Mm. And now he makes short films and features. Usually um, he specialises in trolls, but he's also worked on blockbuster films such as the Narnia movies. Mm. And he says um, he's always been immersed in this fantasy world and he has vis- vivid memories of the faces of goblins, trolls and other fantastic features. Uh, creatures. Sorry, He also remembers peeing on David Bowie's lap. Liar. It's a lie. Complete that. bullshit, that. Because I think he was about six months old. So yeah, it's I, I, I'm not having that one. But no. it's fascinating that he's... Has, has he managed to resurrect Hoggle? Because uh, I think we spoke about this before, that Hoggle has been um, left uh, to uh, come into some sort of state of disrepair. Because you know, Hoggle's old... actually at the... the. So, we've talked about this before, but very, very quickly, Hoggle is was left as an unclaimed piece of baggage, or at least one of them was, and is on show mm. at a thrift store in, I think, Huntsville, Alabama. Really? Yeah. There's three of them, though. Right. There were three used. Well, there was one that's not been kept very well because of the form in his nose and stuff is all... You know, like, that. if you ever buy an old computer off of eBay, um, you'll occasionally get this bright yellow fire retardant form, uh, which looks like oh, asbestos or something. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't keep very well. Uh, and it and it just kind of crumbles into a fine dust. I think that's what happened to Hoggle's nose. That's a shame. Um, so the whole um, the whole um, face of Hoggle. Give it a Google. Hoggle now. <laughs> type that into Google, well, type and in? you'll and you'll find find some horrible uh, pictures of uh, Hoggle in some state of disrepair. Labyrinth Hoggle, Hoggle now. now. All right. Look at him. Look at the state of him. Oh, that is horrific. That's really, really sad. There's your sad. childhood baby. I can't look at it. There's your childhood baby. But then they, um, they, they managed to, um, they managed to kind of uh, redo it up, and he looks bloody awful. Look at the state of that. Yeah, does look anything like. He it. looks like he's been on crack. I should have left it. I should have left it. Um, all right, Pete. Let's take a quick break, um, and after that, we'll come back with some email. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you 
about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in wizard duels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I'd beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. We'll come back. She's going to report me for saying bugger, you know. Oh, just wait till I see your mother. You're in real trouble. Oh, I tell you, what, if you're going to go and see her, then tell her this bugger shit, fuck shit, fucking sphincter. <laughs> there we go. If Brian Blessed did grow up to be um, slightly um, uh, an old man, right wing kind of character, I'm glad he hasn't expressed it yet. I think he's one of those people who, who's a bit above the whole political thing. Right. Because. He seems to be someone who just operates on like, around. like a higher plane. You know, you know, the royal family refused to sue anyone for libel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. Can't isn't it? Say, I had them. Um, they killed a man. <laughs> they killed Diana. Peter. Killed Diana. Um, do you want a Julian Assange update? I was. I remember hurtling through Paris in a taxi. And please don't. Finish. Are you going to continue with this? What? I'm just saying. The taxi driver said, "Hey lads, uh, yeah, lads, do you want to uh, go through the tunnel?" And we're like, oh, "All right then." And then he took us through the tunnel. That's what taxi drivers do in Paris, yeah, it seems. Yeah, on the way to where you were going. Would you like to Girard le crash site? <laughs> You've got so, no shame, Mr. Donaldson. Why have I got no shame? Why are you... I said, yes, please, I would like to see that. I'm calling this show England's Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's Danny Rose. <laughs> yeah. um, hello at lukeofbeatshow.com is the email address of course for those of you who want to get in touch about yes. anything at all we always yes. love to hear from you uh, loads of people sometimes the, do loads of people in the iTunes reviews say, or say the best part of the show is they're reading out other people's stories so make oh. of that what you will it's um, self um, propagating content I would say yeah that's what I'd call it yeah um, Julian Assange update Pete from Jamie J.A. hi guys I really enjoyed the pod you make they ensure my days at work on my lonesome travelling the streets of London go that much quicker. So I'd like to say thank you and keep doing what you're doing. He doesn't explain what his job actually is there, um, but travelling the streets of London could be anything. Right. Um, a couple of episodes ago, Luke stated there hadn't been a Julian Assange update for a while, so I thought I'd drop in to provide what I can. I've just moved to a new place, and on my route into and back out of the busy streets of the capital, I passed H- Her Majesty's Prison Belmarsh, where the great man is incarcerated. Although not really an update on the man himself, I can confirm he has acquired a strong contingent of disciples willing to protest for him outside the prison walls, which seems to be growing and growing and growing. I, pu- I first passed the spot a couple of weeks ago where a solitary supporter stood with his banner in hand. A couple of days ago, I passed again and noticed a 200% increase in followers. That's right, a 200% increase. There are now three men 
doing their part to get my man Julian released. Mm. Uh, please find photos attached of, of, of the guys. Any attaches photos. Um, so people now know that Her Majesty's Prison Belmarsh is, ha- is housing Julian Assange. Mm. And they're, I mean, spending their time outside there with banners. I mean, what do you think about that, Peter? I, th- I think the whole situation is um, fascinating. I mean, again, uh, you start off saying, oh my God, he's a man of, you know, the people releasing things that we should know about. And then, oh no, he's a puppet for the Russians. He's a Russian asset. He's a Russian asset. Um, can, I, can, can I find, I mean, how many people in the world now aren't Russian assets? Hardly any. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not perjuring myself. No. I'm not perjuring anything. myself. I'm not getting involved, to be honest. Can't get involved. Exactly. Hear that? Yeah. Are you blinking the words torture in Morse code there <laughs> to the camera? Do you know that story? What? But the guy um, who was kidnapped as a, well, you know, he's caught as a prisoner of war in the Vietnam War. Oh, right. And he blinked, he blinked out uh, the old. He blinked out torture in Morse code <laughs> while he was giving a statement to the camera. Torture. Yeah. He could have said, I love you. Amazing presence right. of mind. Yeah. Isn't it? Incredible, torture. really. Do you know what I'm blinking? Yeah, that's the... That, that, that's you. Help! The light's too high! That's you. That looks like you sexually propositioning someone. Um, uh, Julian Assange, uh, I was reading that he... Um, oh, I'm, re- I'm literally reading for the piece. I'm, I'm not going to pretend. Uh, Julian Assange maintained an unusual amount of power during his stay at the uh, Ecuadorian embassy. Apparently, he had full control over visitors. He created a list of people who were allowed to enter the embassy without showing identification or being searched by security. Who does he think he is? Who do you think he is? And he met them in the uh, women's bathroom um, to avoid the cameras. And then he was carried out um, in an indig- undignified way <laughs> with a wispy beard. What do you reckon that they gave him? I mean, they, they must have been um, handing him contraband. You reckon? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Would you like to be one of those policemen that was tasked with just standing outside the embassy for <laughs> five years? <laughs> Presumably yes, they, rot- they rotate that around because that is a yeah. waste of a career. That oh, yeah, the, I mean there are jobs like that in the police service that I, I imagine people don't really relish. But you know, uh, do you want to be do you want to be chasing scooter gangs or do you want to be just standing around for a bit? Like when Lester Freeman was um, in the wire was put on desk duty and he ended mm. up fashioning those very beautifully made and rendered uh, pieces of doll's house furniture. <laughs> He, um, it wasn't Lester, it was, that guy goes, she Clay Davis. Yeah, Clay Davis. He was in Hackers, the TV show, uh, TV show, the film. Uh, oh, and that, which, which, is, which is the subject of the first episode of Clash of the Titles, right? Correct. That's why I was watching the trailer to, uh, Alex Zane's, uh, new, um, Stakhanov podcast, yeah. Clash of the Titles. If Good you that. like movies and you like Alex Zane, and to be honest, you should like both of those things, because Alex Zane's a lovely man. And movies are important and mm. good. Um, check it out. Yes. Um, what about this from Will? Uh, hi, chaps. In show 186, you briefly mentioned a police chief being tasered to show they were harmless. Mm. The man in question is former North Wales police chief Richard Brunstrom, an eccentric chap dabbed, uh, sorry, dubbed the mad muller of the speed Taliban by the tabloids <laughs> due to his stance on motoring offences. The mad muller of the speed ta- It's not even catchy. I just think that they can't, couldn't say Nazi anymore. Mad Muller. Twenty years ago, they would have called him net speed speed camera Nazi, but now they yeah. have to call him Taliban. Apparently, the video is uh, although very short. It's very brand Luke and Pete show as it mm. shows quite a posh man in pain trying not to swear. Bloody hell! <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I would actually. All right, okay. So this is this is the chief of police at the time, chief of um, North Wales Police, uh, Richard Brunstrom, being tasered by one of his uh, by one of his um, what would you call one of his supplicants? Supplicants. Ready? Here we go. Thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bloody hell, right, that's long enough, thanks. That's long enough, thanks. Excellent. Well, if you're the police officer being asked to do that, imagine that in the morning. Um, have you got a spare half an hour? Yeah, 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 sure. What do you want me to do? Um, Tears me, bro. Do you want tasering your boss? <laughs> what good is going to come from that? Yeah, you're not going to... It doesn't matter Worst case scenario, how, you're going to give him a heart attack. doesn't matter how into it you are. Yeah. Or how into it he is. Yeah. Um, he's not going to look unkindly because you gave him pain. Something in his brain will go, that man gave me pain once. Every time you cross him in the corridor, yeah. he is going to go, there's the guy that tas- tasered me. Yeah. And you're never going to get a promotion. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, what, what a 13 seconds though. What a 13 <laughs> seconds. Highlight the career. What a rush. Yeah. Um, Dave uh, says, hello chaps. Last year we had a call. Uh, we had to call in a little old fella to dispose of a beehive that had appeared in our loft. He came into our house in full regalia uh, and rummaged about upstairs uh, for about 15 minutes before coming back down the ladder with a bin bag chock full of bees clutched in one gauntleted fist. A, bee, a, <laughs> bin, a bee bag, bag, of bin bees. bag of bees. That um, is incredible. That's, that's not a professional at work, is no, it? No, it's amazing. Isn't it? Lovely chap that he was. He kept the bag in hand all the while as we were writing him a check. Oddly enough, there's something about a man in full protective gear holding a bag full of angry flying insects, which encourages a person to include a healthy tip. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, that. yeah, because... I, I, that to me feels like it's not official beekeeping like apparatus. What do you mean? Wait, a, a bin bag. Well, why would you have any other kind of bag? I'm confused. Well, bees should, can't get out, can you they? You should have a container. You should have like a big plastic container or something. Right. Ha- what? what no, how would you for? put a container? What kind of container would you use? Like a hard plastic container? Like Tupperware or something? Yeah, but how would you get that onto, how would you get the lid on? Because you, you can get the bees in there. Right. Say you've got a beehive, right? Say it's roughly the size of a gigantic pineapple. Yeah. And it's stuck to the, a ceiling or a wall. And just as sweet, by the way. And just as sweet. Yeah. If not more so. And you, so you get the bin bag over the top of it and you yeah. pull it off the wall and it's in the bin bag, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, there's a bear's but paw to... in it. <laughs> trying to <laughs> get some of that delicious but honey. Tupper, but Tupperware, you'd have to put it against the wall or sit and then you have to put the lid in. I don't know how many sense. times I have to tell you this, but life isn't a cartoon, Pete. Ju- well, clearly, this man has chosen. Bin bags are not the apparatus du jour of a beekeeper. Any people who have had any more experiences of beekeepers, if they've ever used my father in law's a beekeeper, I've never seen him with a bin bag. He's never had to remove. He he loves the hives. He wants them there. Right, I'm telling you something now. The bin bags. He's just putting the hive in there, and all the bees will be in there with the with the hive. See, I think I've actually got a video of him on Facebook collecting a bee swarm from a school. Right. You want to see it? Yeah, I would. You want to see if there's a, bee, a, a bin bag involved? All right, yeah, I would. Yeah, come on. All right, we'll just fill for a sec and how I'll find to, it. I'm going to say how to remove a beehive. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, he's using the Tupperware box. Look. Let's have a look. Yeah, but he's just script. There's not. There's no hive there. It's just a load of fucking bees if on, anything, a, on, it's a harder. Pipe, on a pipe. It's, if anything, it's harder. He's like grabbing them with his hands. The deviant. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a very good job there. He's doing a lovely job. Yeah, yeah. bit of smoke. Get him in the Tupperware. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I don't think if a guy turns up to to remove, in this case, a pest. I know bees are very important, but mm. it's essentially removing a pest from your home. If they've got a bin bag in their in their back pocket, I just think they're amateurish. It, it, look, it's perfect. I've seen loads of uh, loads of beehive beehive removal. Sounds like a frightening uh, concept. It's a good band, but I. <laughs> Great it doesn't band. have to be. Screamo band. Um, make sure you aren't allergic. That's step one. <laughs> step two, protect yourself. Beekeepers veil, leather gloves, blah, blah, blah. Step three, locate the beehive. Yeah. There uh, you go. But the best time to perform beehive remo- removal is early spring. Uh, Good to know. Yeah. What to use? Chemicals. Good insecticide. Um, to remove a beehive, locate inside your walls. Tap with a hammer and listen for the bees answering buzz. Ooh. Tap with a hammer. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Well, one more quick email before we go. There um, we go. Dispose from... of the removed beehive by placing it in a plastic garbage bag you securely tie. There are different schools of thought. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, one more email Blind before we go. The blind, are you? This is from Jazz, and he says... Um, Jazz. Jazz or Jace. He, he, he spells it J-A-S, so I'm going to go with Jazz. Um, hi, guys. Um, love the show. Um, what about this? Way back when I was in junior school, I think I was about nine or ten years old, there were a group of us who used to walk home from school together as we all lived close to each other. As you can imagine, we used to get up to all sorts, football, tomfoolery, etc. Wow. Um, Anyway, this one afternoon as we walked home, we bumped into another group of kids that one of my friends, Craig, knew. It was all very amiable, and we sort of knew them, but the exciting thing on this particular day was that one of the boys had a bike, a grifter. Oh. Do you remember a grifter? A, kind of, yeah. So a grifter was the one up from the rally chopper. Is that the one that had like a gear with a handle, right? On the crossbar. A... Right. Correct. Yes, yes, That's yes, right, yes, yeah. Okay. So it had a gear stick down there, Pete, rather than on the yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, we hung around for a bit while Craig got a croggy off his mate. I'm not sure if you can get a croggy with a grifter because the gear stick's in the way. But anyway. Croggy's in the back. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it? No, croggy's the crossbar, isn't it? Nah. All right, fair enough. That's a backy on the back. Nah, croggy, mate. All right. Uh, they cycled about a bit while we stood around chatting and watching them do some stunts, in inverted commas. Uh, now, the back reflector light on this particular bike was held in by a very long, very sharp spike. So, as this lad and Craig went up to a curb, the jolt of going up the curb not only knocked the light out of the fitting onto the floor, but also knocked Craig off his bike. Unfortunately, he fell onto this long, sharp spike. There was a hushed moment. I mean, it seems remarkable. That there was a long, sharp spike. Yeah, in a, mm. in a product marketed to, to children. Um, there was a, that's the 80s. Was that, on, was that on the bike or was it the, uh, in the street, presumably, though? No, it was, it, was, it was used to hold the reflector onto the spokes. Sorry. Right, um, yeah. There was a hushed moment. Craig screamed, looked down, said, oh God, look at my underpants, they're ripped. No one uses the word underpants. Underpants. Um, to which one of my friends retorted, fuck that, look at your bollocks. Unfortunately for Craig, he had landed on the light and speared his scrotum on the spike. Oh. In fairness, you couldn't see that much, although there was a lot of blood. The next few minutes were a bit of a blur, but I remember running to Craig's house, getting his parents and the ambulance whisking poor Craig to hospital. Luckily, I think he made a full recovery. However, he did walk with an awkward limp for a few months afterwards. That is the only time I would appreciate the um, Japanese um, pornographic um, uh, practice of blurring out genitals. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to see that. That's strange, that. It's horrible. That is very, very strange. Very strange. Um, that's about it. I mean, there's, there's only one way to end a Luke and Pete show, and that's a, a, a child ripping their ballsack open. <laughs> so uh, cheers for that. Um, hello if at Luke he does and it again, I'll do it again. Hello at lukeandpeach.com to get in touch. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a lovely week. Don't forget to check out all the shows on Football Ramble Daily. You're going to love them. Mm. Uh, stay in touch. We'll speak to you soon. Love you lots. Pete, I hope you feel better soon. I hope the fucking mics work this time. This was a Stakhanov production. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Oi! Oi! What are you-
are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead.